OpenServe is more than just SA's largest telecoms infrastructure provider. It's the answer to new ways of doing business, a connection to cutting-edge technology and infinite possibilities. A connection to tomorrow. Connect with us at openserve.coza. This episode of Talk Central is brought to you by Pinnacle, Africa's top ICT distribution business, delivering the exceptional every time. I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 234 for the week starting 16 September 2018. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central. WhatsApp the show, 071 That number again, 071 On Talk Central this week, Apple, ex- sorry, 10S, sorry, N10S, what? Huh? Huh? What? Okay. <laughs> we'll get to that. I think you know what we're talking about. And don't forget the Max, of course, and the Watch. Also this week, looming retrenchments at the SABC, and MTN launches Voice over LTE. It's Sunday. It's 1 p.m., and it's time to talk everything technology. Welcome to the show. How's it, Rehat? How's it, Duncan? We are not live streaming today because we still have a problem with our live streaming service, but I will be getting that fixed during the course of this week. But um, we'll be coming to you this week in podcast form only, but we should be back on the airwaves live next Sunday at 1 p.m. All going well. <laughs> uh, yeah. how, how We haven't recorded for two weeks, Rehat. I was down at the ITU conference in uh, in Derbs, um, and I've just answered one of the questions in the uh, in the quiz. But uh, um, what's what's been up? What's news your side? Yeah, let's be. Let's just say, been working hard. Eh? As a freelancer, you need to kind of. This is this is a peak season, trying to get all those uh, jobs in before end of the year loom. Um, it's a crazy yeah, time. Of the year. Some, yeah, very much so. But I've also been planning some really interesting things that I'm not really going to be talking about, and I'll chat, tell you about it afterwards. But, okay, uh, sounds good. Let's just say there's some cool things on the rise and um, content-wise, and just some cool tech in my future. So I'm really looking forward to that. Sounds very good indeed. Yeah, I've also had a manic two weeks uh, with the ITU conference and uh, just running around, so much going on. But uh, mm. lots, lots of tech news as well over the last two yeah. weeks for us to talk about. And um, of course, the the biggie is Apple's big keynote, which happened on Wednesday evening, which we are going to unpack in some detail in in this podcast. But before we get to that, let's do our quiz. The first question: This past week, South Africa played host to the first for the first time to which telecommunications event? And uh, in case uh, you weren't listening, in which city did the answer to question one take place? The third question. Apple this week announced the most expensive iPhone ever. How much in dollars does the iPhone XS Max with 512 gigabytes of storage cost? And uh, the answer is not an ominous leg, although it could be. Um, <laughs> Microsoft said on Friday it is hiking the RAND pricing of Azure Cloud Services next month as a result of the fall in the RAND. How much are the ad hoc fees rising by? And the final question, who, according to reports, is running to take over as chairman of MTN Group from Butumi Ntleko? Butuma Ntleko, um, who has been involved in MTN one way or another for the past 18 years, I think. And he'll be stepping down as chairman at the end of this year. So who's going to be taking over from him? That's our quiz this week. We'll get to the answers, as always, at the end of the show. Um, but let's dive into that big Apple keynote, Rachel. Did you watch it live? Mm. No, I didn't watch it completely live. I watched it a little delayed. Um, but yeah, I watched it. It was um, interesting. I was a bit disappointed in the phones. Um, it was a bit, uh, you know, there was there was nothing terribly exciting. It was just, uh, I suppose it's an S here. 
uh, where they um, it, it release an iterative upgrade rather mm. than a, a mm. change in um, design or anything like that. I think that what got most people interested was the new watch. Yeah, I was never a watch fan, to be honest with you. So I kind of, yeah, it's not really my product. But yeah, I, I like what they're doing with it. It's now, you know, it's now becoming more of a more of a health thing than a fashion thing. Yeah, which I like, I'm very happy with. I really like some of the stuff they're doing in there. The um, so some of those health features and the fact that mm, uh, these features mm. are, have been approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, yeah, which yeah. is a big coup for them. Um, but you know the heart rate stuff, the stuff that, you know when it warns you. For example, I think uh, one thing that's going to cause a lead to this product to sell very well is this um, ability to alert someone if you have a fall. Um, mm, I, th- I think that's mm. going to um, be huge in the el- amongst elderly people. So yeah, yeah. kids oh, yeah. will kids will buy their grandparents uh, the Apple Watch, and uh, they can get alerted mm. if uh, if the grand if the grandparents have a fall. Um, which is pretty cool, exactly. and, the, and the heart health stuff I thought was pretty good as well. Um, mm, mm. Uh, alerting you to, you know, doing an electrocardiogram. I, I mean, I don't know how. I mean, it's been approved by the FDA, so presumably it's pretty good tech. Look, the technology that can—I mean, the technology that's available to us these days—is very good. You know, this kind of stuff that does that reads your your vitals, that's just sitting around your wrist, or that can be mm. taped to your your skin. It's very good. It's, I, I mean, I, we haven't really seen tests on how this compares technically to, to what's been out there. But look, if it's been approved, I mean, the American, uh, that federation is very strict and very tough. Yes, it is. Um, so if it gets passed there, you, you, you can be sure it's been through stringent because they, they don't want the lawsuit and, and you know, in yeah. the US that, that could happen. But I'm, 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 like I said, I'm very happy to see that they're going this route because as a fashion accessory or just as a watch, it, it never appealed to me. But now yeah. all of a sudden, you know, looking at where they're going in the direction with the health benefits, uh, I mean, not just for me and for my family, but I, I do see a huge benefit in it. And, and I will be more likely to look at it now, you know, for a lot of reasons, you know, mm. as I get older, you know, as I, you know, that fall function is very good for a lot of reasons. You know, I'm riding mountain bike often. So, you know, once the technology integrates with your medical aid or with local, uh, local, um, you know, your, 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 your kind of your ER24 type services, you know, these are all things that's going to happen as a result of this. It's not just a, a matter mm. of us catching up. Yeah, I've, I'm the same. I've never really looked at the Apple Watch as something I would buy. But uh, this time around, it kind of it, it caught my attention. I'm probably still not going to buy it. Um, but uh, Not yet. Not, not yet. Not yet. But, um, you know, I've been always, as you know, I'm a big fan of, um, of Garmin sports watches. And those have also mm, advanced mm. at an incredible pace. Although the high-end ones have become quite expensive. Um, I think you're looking at around thirteen to 15,000 Rand for the new uh, Garmin Phoenix 5 Plus, mm, mm. Um, which is pricey for a watch. Uh, but this, this device is also going to be around nine. 10,000 Rand. I think it's um, $500 in the US. So once you've, um, you know, factored in the horrible exchange rate plus tax plus import duties and all Mm, the rest of it, mm. you're looking at close to 10 grand for this watch. Um, So it's pushing it into that Garmin sports watch pricing territory. Well, I would, I would imagine we're going to start seeing, you know, again, once, once the technology gets into our local infrastructure or, or within the medical aid, we'll probably see the medical aids offering it either for free or on a subscription because it's in their benefit too for mm. you to to have this type of thing you know early detection is is 100% the best thing you can do when when any kind of medical emergency comes up right yeah yeah um i guess it's also just a matter of the technology in many ways getting smaller i mean it's already 
tiny, but um, imagine getting to a point where this is nothing more than a strap that you put around your wrist or something that you just stick onto your um, skin. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it takes a few years to get to that point, but the technology, what Apple is without a doubt driving this. I mean, even with the, with the previous launches, um, the medical focus was a big point, uh, although not the, not, the, not the sexy side of the presentation. Um, but I think now they've seen that that's what people want it for. You know, people want their vitals. I want to know a history of my heart, heart rate and heartbeat. And, you know, I want, I want the data to be accurate. Yeah, no, you're right. Absolutely right. Of course, Discovery has been punting these watches already, not this one, but um, previous generations. Mm. Uh, I'd, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, you're right if they don't do, do it this time around as well. But it's a nice watch. I, th- I, thought the, I actually thought the Apple Watch this time around really stole the show. Um, but the iPhones. So we've got uh, we've got an iPhone XS, uh, otherwise known as an XS, which Apple is saying do not call it that, please. Um, uh, Apple excessive pricing, maybe. Um, there is the uh, a, a 10s. I always want to say X. 10s plus uh, yeah. or Max rather. Sorry, not plus Max, mm, mm. Uh, which uh, is the only phone there that really uh, appealed to me. You know, I like big phones, Rachat, and. Um, uh, finally, Apple has something can, that, can, that can contend in that so-called phablet space, um, which Samsung and others have dominated for so long. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd get it. It's very expensive, um, and I was a bit disappointed actually that, uh, uh, contrary to expectations in the rumor mill beforehand, that it doesn't support Apple Pencil. Yeah, that was a quite a interesting omission. I mean, we we had a chat about this the last podcast, and I was excited about that. I mean, for, especially with a big screen, you know, I can see a lot of value in having the two. I mean, I guess it's just a software upgrade, and it's something that they can probably launch later. Um, there could be other reasons for them not to want to. Maybe it's just a software upgrade that allows you to pair the two together, and with a nice accessory that will make it, you know, clip onto the side or something. Um, it just seems some. It seems like something they could do. Um, mm. As an as a as a kind of a later little small launch or something. Possibly, possibly. Maybe they just didn't have enough pencils, or maybe, maybe there's like some weird reason. Yeah, yeah. But but I agree with you. The phones weren't exciting. It was a very interesting. Um, um, it was an interesting keynote, just kind of from a point of view that to, to see the direction of Apple with. I never thought they would bring something to the market that this big. To be honest with you, it always seemed so. You know, big and cumbersome to carry such a big device around. Yeah, Apple's always, guess, Apple's always been re- reluctant to bring out big, big screen devices. Mm, I mean, mm. the iPhone historically has always been a very small fo- device. So the original yeah, was only three yeah. and a half inches. It's the Android uh, manufacturers have really been pushing on the pushing on the sides, too, yeah. on the big side of things. So it'll be interesting to see how the the 10s Max sells. But I I have a sneaking suspicion it's going to do very, very well. Oh, uh, it's going to do it's going to do very well. I mean. People don't use their phones pressed against their head anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you use your headphones, you use Bluetooth headset. Your phone, if, if you look at your usage, your phone is in front of your, in front of your face more than what it is up against your face. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's kind of been like this for a long time coming with smartphones, but now that Apple, I mean, Apple also got the iPad. So don't forget the iPad, the iPad comes in various sizes. Mm. This now sits in 100% perfectly, uh, kind of in, in, in that range. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and not just for people that want to, uh, not just for people with potentially, you know, poorer eyesight or people that just want a bigger screen for readability, but just the experience is, so is nice. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just, uh, I mean, my, my six, six and a half inch screen is, is too big. Uh, my six inch screen that I've got on the one plus five is, is too big. Too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I want a smaller device, but I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to 
give up the experience because I do like a big screen experience. Yeah. I just don't want to carry it around. Right. No, I, I'm different. I'd, I'd, if I was going to get an Apple this right time around, I would absolutely go for the Max. Absolutely. No, no, it. look, it, 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 in this case, it makes sense to do it. And it. It looks like a beautiful device. And I'm sure in hand, you know, it's, again, you know, you, you, your phone is such an integral part of, of your daily life. You, mm-hmm. you carry it in your hand, you know, it's, it's, and depending on what you use it for, you know, again, producing, writing, shooting photos and stuff, it, yeah. it will be an amazing experience. But still at that price, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I was a bit disappointed that they kept the base models at 64 gigabytes because that's not really enough anymore, especially on an iPhone. Yeah, I mean, it, it should be 128 at, uh, at least, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but 256. But, uh, you know, again, having said that, I've been using a 64 gigabyte phone now for a while, and it, it, it's, I haven't filled it up yet. It's, it's been an interesting – I thought I was, I was going to need a 128. Mm. Um, I think it's different on Mac, though. If you look at the size of iOS apps, they're much bigger than Android apps. Um, sure, sure. Yeah, the app experience is much different, mm-hmm. and you, you are more likely to have many more, you know, beautiful high-res apps. And with this big, big screen device, yeah. uh, you know, it's the, the guys are going to pump content in there that's going to require a lot of space. And the cameras on that uh, iPhone look very good, and what they've managed to do with uh, the the neural engine or whatever they call it called it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the bokeh effects in particular, I thought were very mm, impressive. Mm. The the ability to adjust bokeh after taking a photograph that 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 for me, uh, my eyes popped out when I saw that. Yeah, look, I mean, I guess that technology in some ways has been around, but now that they've kind of got it to a place where you can really exploit it, for, you know, for. For, for every angle, um, I, I like that, but you know, I don't use it that often. Mm. But that also makes me makes me think about this product as uh, you know, a, a lot of people use their phones to document their life, and I'm talking about you know, documenting the kids of the pets, you know, the food you eat, mm-hmm. the stuff you read. You know, it, it's again, you know, it's it's we create content without knowing it all the time. Yeah, and having that technology improving the whole time, um, especially with the AI side of things, where your you know your camera kind of picks out the scene for you and just optimizes the image. It's making us all really good photographers, which yeah. is, you know, it's almost as a photographer you go, oh okay, mm-hmm. now everybody's going to be great photographers. But I guess you know you still need to be you still need to have a good eye for the shots you take. But yes. I, I love the fact that they're driving the technology like that. It's uh, they're nice phones, I must say. Um, they're very nice phones. They're expensive, but they're nice, uh, mm-hmm. and the camera tech is best in the market um, or, or on a par with the best in the market um, but they put, they're, they're pushing the price up and that's how they're, uh, they're getting that share price to rise and keep the profits mm-hmm. rising that, that, that price of the iPhone and I say, having a look at it someone posted on Twitter earlier in the week the, the um, rise in iPhone prices since the original and it's just a steady upward drive and I do wonder at some point whether the market's going to push back Question is, does it really cost that much to produce it? Anywhere close to that? Well, I was interested that they kept the the 10s at the same price as the 10, and I'd imagine that the it, since it shares so many components with the with the original mm. 10, that the cost of producing that phone has come down. Um, so I'd imagine the profit margin on the 10s is going to be higher than it was on the 10, possibly significantly so. But I mean, I guess you can argue for the most part, except for the screen, the components would all be the same in any case. Well, updated um, processor, um, but it's the same amount of storage, um, except at the high end. Um, sure, sure. The screen tech, I think, in the 10s is exactly the same as last year's screen. Yeah, but I mean, you, you're just producing a larger panel with a, with a process. You're just putting in a different. Uh, I guess you, you're just using a different architecture for architecture for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, w- I would love to. You know, I'm sure somebody's going to break it down oh, yeah. by component, and, and because I, I find it hard to believe that it's costing anywhere close to that. I mean, I would imagine it costs somewhere 
eight to ten thousand rand to produce a phone like that, the yes. high-end one. Yes. Um, which is still a pretty hefty markup. Yeah. So the XR, um, this is kind of uh, Apple's attempt to um, bring out another um, more affordable, let's not say cheap, more affordable iPhone. Mm. Um, any idea what the R stands for? Um, rejected. Maybe it's all the re- rejected panels that they couldn't put in the high-end phones. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> Re, re, relatively cheaper, maybe. Um, <laughs> um, really yeah, putting an R in a in a label in a name usually signif- uh, signifies something else, like performance or racy mm. or something like that. So yeah. I don't know. And it's certainly not a cheap phone either. Seven hundred and forty nine dollars. So it's probably going to come in here at at least fourteen, maybe fifteen thousand rand mm. after taxes and all the rest of it. Um, that's that's on a par. That's that's how much you'd pay to get, for example, a Huawei P20 Pro, which is a very high spec, very nice device. Sure, but Apple's still Apple, right? It's the desirability. Yeah. A lot of people would rather have a low spec Apple than a high spec mm. Huawei. Yeah, it's not a low spec device. I mean, it's it's still a gorgeous device. It hasn't yeah, got an OLED. Sure, it sure. hasn't got an OLED screen. It uses an LCD. I think they call it. Liquid, liquid retina LCD or some some nonsense, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, it's uh, it's got one camera as opposed to two rear cameras on the uh, on the 10s and the 10s Max. Mm. But p- apart from that, I think it's a, a pretty high end uh, spec, um, decent screen resolution, fast processor, uh, available in, I think in 64, 128, and 256 gigabyte variations. Um, starting at 749 It's not a cheap phone, um, but Apple has never really done a cheap phone, has it? No, no, it hasn't. It hasn't. It's not really interested I, in doing a cheap phone. Look, I, I guess many people would also argue that they would be able to push their prices even higher if, they, if they've if they got the tech that can support it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or at least like the desirability or, you know, something new that will make people want to buy it. Yes. Um, but again, you know, in this situation, if you look at what the prices of a really – Small or really nice iPad that's kind of small, one of the smaller ones in the range. Yeah. And, and then the price of this, that's so if you're going for screen alone, um, this, you know, you're probably not going to go for this phone. You're probably going to go for, you know, probably an iPad if, if that is where your thinking is because of the price difference. Mm. Um, mm. Um, but let's, uh, it's obviously not an iPad, it's a smartphone, so mm. it does serve a different purpose. So no doubt they're going to be selling them in the tens of millions and Apple share price will continue rising. Um, but I think I'm going to sit it out. You know, I was saying that I might think about getting an <laughs> iPhone this time yes. around. I, I think I'm going to sit it out again. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll probably wait to see what Samsung comes up with next year, uh, early next year with the uh, the Galaxy S10, uh, which is rumored to be a major overhaul of the Galaxy lineup. Um, so yeah, my my Samsung Galaxy S8 is still working perfectly. So I'll keep using it until it breaks. Yeah, there isn't there isn't many phones around that's making me want to upgrade. That becomes I mean, very, very iterative. Very iterative. Yeah, now. yeah. And and I've been using Android for a while now. And as as much as what I, it's it's a great experience and everything. It's there's no hardware device out there currently, or you know, latest hardware that's that's making me go, wow, I want to use that. Mm. Um, I would love to use an iPhone again without a doubt and looking at these new devices, yes, I would love to use them. But uh, I don't really want to be spending that amount of money on something like that just yet, I mm. think. Um, mm. 
I don't know, I'll maybe wait for, maybe wait a few months, uh, middle of next year or something when I really need to replace my phone. Uh, I can have a look and they'll, they'll be a lot more affordable if I do decide to go back at that yeah. route and hope, but hopefully by that time we'll see some interesting, um, smartphones out there, um, which I suspect we may do. Yeah, early next year is, I think, is the, the is to what to watch what to watch in the Android universe when uh, ahead of uh, and during Mobile World Congress. I'm just eagerly awaiting that uh, triangular-shaped uh, smartphone that uh, we've been seeing in Silicon Valley. <laughs> triangular-shaped. Uh, have, you, have you seen the series? No, I you must watch it. Company produces a triangular-shaped uh, smartphone to be different. It is <laughs> hilarious. Where's it on Netflix? Um, uh, uh, YouTube. Uh, I think where did I watch it? Um, I think it might have been on DSTV. I've been watching some reruns at somebody's house, and uh, it okay. was yeah, okay. quite funny. Okay, I'll look out for that. So, what disappointed me in this uh, keynote uh, was that there was no nothing beyond the watch and the phone. There was no iPad, and that's what I'm really interested in upgrading to next: mm. is the new iPad Pro. And there was no announcement. So, it looks likely now that uh, the new MacBooks and the new iPad Pro will be announced at an event in October, as they have done in. In previous, in some previous years, mm. um, but we're going to have to we're going to have to wait to see what that uh, what that what when that's going to happen. But the current speculation, which I find very very interesting, is that Apple may ditch the Lightning connector on the new iPad Pro in favor of USB C. Yeah, it would be about time. I think I think they really that's where one place they need to get to that come to the party and uh, join the rest of the world because USB C is such a fantastic standard. Um, there's no point in having multiple <laughs> multiple technologies that does the same thing. How are they going to make money out of all the accessories if they do that? <laughs> well, that's why their phones are so expensive. Isn't that, isn't that how they weigh, weigh up the balance? Give and take. But they take more than what they give. Yeah. I, 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 they really need, need to move to USB-C. I don't know if they're going to do it on their iPhone, but they really should do it. Yeah, look, on the iPhone too, I mean, that definitely should have been – I mean, that – that was something that it would have been nice to see as part of the mm. launch. But yeah. uh, I don't think it will happen uh, anytime soon. It's, yeah. It is very much money-making. I also heard that they're not shipping um, the dongle anymore. Oh, so the, the 3.5. Yeah. yeah, the 3.5 mil dongle. So they officially killed 3.5 mil from, from the, you know, as, as part of the um, standard offering. So you, now if you want to listen to music on your legacy headphones – you need to buy a, a dongle after you've paid a thousand dollars plus for your new iPhone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look, I mean, again, you know, we've mentioned this before, but there's nothing wrong with the Bluetooth technology. I, I, you know, I, I, I do, I would miss 3.5 mil because I use it daily. But you know, once your car has it, once your home speakers have it, not that all my, I don't have car. That's why I prefer 3.5 mil still. Yeah. Um, but you know, once your life is um, consists of all these cool Bluetooth technologies, um, you know, then it's not not really a problem. And I'm sure in a place like uh, the US, where they obviously a, a, you know a big part of their market is, or yeah. probably the, the biggest part of the market, those guys don't mind paying money for accessories. I'm sure. Yeah. More but affordability. It's, it's just annoying, though. I mean, if I, I look at it here, I've got a pair of Bose headphones plugged into the Yamaha mixing desk in front of me. Um, if, if I had to get a pair of Bluetooth headphones, there's no way I could connect it to this Yamaha mixing desk. Yeah. Look, I've got a pair of really good Blantronics Bluetooth head, uh, headphones, and I have to plug them in when I'm talking to you now because my um, – Audio card converter here doesn't uh, do Bluetooth. Yeah. So for production stuff, yes. I mean, obviously having the physical, it, it's more reliable because uh, you don't have to charge a battery and all that mm. problematic stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I guess it's it's about looking what the customers want um, at the end of the day. 
And the demand is definitely still there. There's still demand for 3.5 mil. I suppose if I go to, um, if I, when, when I next look at upgrading my headphones, when these bows eventually break, which uh, hopefully won't be for many years still, but yeah. um, when, I, when I do have to upgrade, I suppose I, what I'd have to do is look for a pair of headphones that supports both Bluetooth and 3.5 millimeter audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, most of the Bluetooth ones do, most of them. Um, where they come with a cable that you can plug in at the bottom, and then doesn't okay. need, you can yeah you, know, you don't need to need a battery then. Oh, but, right. yeah, having, okay. having that option is is very cool to have. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, I've been reading that Sony has been making some very very um, solid advances in their headphone technology. Um, I forget the name of the brand. It's I think it's some one thousand something. Um, I've been reading a few reviews about that pair of headphones. Uh, I think it's the third iteration of the. GX1000, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's getting absolute rave reviews, um, suggesting that Sony has uh, pulled ahead of um, guys like Sennheiser and, and Bose in the Ooh, quality stakes. Yeah. Wonder what it costs, though. I mean, that's another problem. No, it's not that you expensive. Know, it, I think it's three ninety nine dollars or four ninety nine. Okay, that's cool. It's yeah. still, yeah, that's still, yeah. You're still playing in a five, six, seven grand price range. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a customer for that type yeah. of headphone. But that's, I mean, that's that's what you pay for a good pair of of noise cancelling over no, ear headphones. Yeah. No, definitely, mm. definitely. Mm. But interesting times, yeah. So uh, we'll wait till October to see the the new iPads, I guess. Hopefully, because I really mm. want one. Um, and otherwise, I'm going to sit out this iPhone. What would iPhone you What would you What would you use a new iPad for? As a matter of interest, because I'm still using an old, I don't know, third generation, um, and it's fine. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, oh, I actually need to format this thing and get rid of all this old stuff on there and just reinstall mm. my, the stuff that I'm actually using it for, which is mostly streaming content, watching Netflix and Show Max and those things. Yeah, I read a lot on my iPad, but I want to use it to do more creative work, um, especially with Photoshop coming to the iPad and possibly oh, yeah. other apps yeah. coming. I want to get the Apple Pencil and I want to I want to just be able to be creative on my iPad and, and mm. Um, mm. also maybe just be able to sign documents and uh, and, and just do cool stuff. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know yet whether I'll get the, the rumored 11-inch or the 12.9-inch. The 12.9-inch is... A th- just feels perhaps a bit big for me, um, but I'll have to feel them once the uh, once that um, bez- yeah, bezel once, is, out, yeah. once the bezel's been reduced in size. Yeah, it could be a beautifully looking device. And 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 let's be honest, if you look at the what they've done with this portable tablet, uh, Apple, I mean, mm. you know what they've done with the iPad is really created this device that you can see what the future of personal computing and what your main interface to the world will be, you know, and a lot of people is still reading is still going to be a big part of it, you know, um, through, you know, no matter what kind of audio and video technologies come out. Um, yeah. And I'm really, I'm hoping that what we see coming out from them with the new iPads will be something that's going to push those boundaries again, because that's one place where they keep innovating that I find really interesting. Yeah. In terms of the, the, the MacBooks, they're going to have to knock our socks off for, for many creatives to, to go back to Apple. Um, yeah, Price-wise, it's just not been worth it. They've kind of lost direction on the MacBook, haven't they? It's just, yeah. I don't know, it's um, maybe five, six years ago, maybe a bit longer ago, it was, you know, you look at a laptop and Apple had to be there. Now it's, eh, you know, it's very expensive, you know. What's so exciting about this thing? It's got a touch bar. Mm-hmm. Yay! Who cares? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and they they had a good opportunity to really push the hardware. I mean, they should have known that most of the their fan base is people that want the latest. You know, that's mm. why they upgrade every four years. Give me the Core i nine. Keep give me a good battery life. Push that RAM to thirty two gig. Give me a good graphics card in there. Yeah, yeah. 
because you know, a lot of people would then also run Windows, which is a f- uh, which I don't see much anymore. You know, because you get so many so much uh, so many better Windows based machines out there. Yeah. So iOS 12 is landing tomorrow, Monday. Um, it usually arrives uh, at around uh, 6 p.m., 7 p.m., somewhere around there, South African time. Uh, so I think we're going to um, – history will repeat and we'll see iOS 12 landing on iPhones locally around that time tomorrow evening, Monday evening. And I'm really looking forward yeah. to seeing it actually because it's going to apparently dramatically improve the performance of um, especially older um, Apple devices. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that will be a cool thing. Although my iPad's my only Apple device these days. So Yeah. Is your iPad would, how old is your iPad? Will it uh, take iOS 12? I don't know. It, uh, I don't know. It's uh, like I said it's about, I think it's third generation. It's it's a few years probably old. Not then. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Damn you Apple now, but I'm not going to upgrade. <laughs> You'll just keep running it. No, as long as as long as uh, yeah, Netflix and YouTube and uh, Showmax supports it, I'll uh, you know, keep yeah. using it. And it's the performance is still okay. Yeah, like I, I mean, these things just—it's your internet connection is really the thing, right? Yeah. In terms of rendering the video and that, it's not really an issue for these devices. Because I know on the older devices, um, they've they've started to slow them. Remember that that scandal earlier this year or last year, where they um, started to slow the performance on these older devices, mm-hmm. uh, apparently, allegedly, to um, try and um, maximize battery life. Um, so I'm just wondering if, with, on a device that old, whether you've noticed a hit to the performance, but maybe the battery's slow. No, I haven't. Yeah, no, I haven't. Look, the battery still lasts. I charge. I don't charge it often, actually. Um, mm. It often runs out because I forget to charge it because it just doesn't die. So yeah, maybe I was one of the lucky ones. <laughs> You've got a super battery there. Yeah. All right. I think uh, I don't think there's anything else we need to say about the Apple Keynote, is there? Um, mm. I think we've touched on it all. No. Launching yeah, launching in South Africa on the 28th of September. That's for the. Um, for the 10s and the 10s max uh, no launch date yet for the 10r um, uh, hmm. but um, no doubt there'll be queues at the i stores and that the um, cell phone shops oh, in the yeah. as people line up because they're going to have the latest and greatest from apple yeah look i would love to get some hands on time with it but uh, it's not and i would love to use it i mean let's, let's not kid ourselves here. we would all <laughs> love to own one of the latest um, and I think the usage kit for that big one would be interesting. But yeah, uh, I'd, I, I want to see wait. that big one. I look forward to playing with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to pop into the iStore and uh, have a look at it at some point. Maybe maybe we both see it and we go, yeah, we've been wrong. We've maybe. been wrong all these years. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible, but I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I, it, the screen size does appeal to me, but uh, yeah, I'd, uh, but we do actually. Sorry, sorry. I'd probably want to go for the two fifty six gigabyte version, which. Uh, mm. Costs one thousand two hundred and forty nine dollars, which in rand terms will be close to twenty five grand. No, that's ridiculous. I would much rather invest money in a good camera, yeah, no. or a good or a good laptop. You know, because yeah. you can get a good high end notebook for that price. You can, you can get two high end Android phones for that price. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Well, a high end phone and a mid range notebook. There you go. There we go. There we go. There we go. But uh, let's take a quick ad break. We'll be back right after this with more news. Bitco is revolutionizing the way businesses connect. We're taking on your connectivity challenges and shooting our high-speed fiber internet across the country. Not just for some, but for everyone. Fiber is not a luxury, but a necessity for business, for life, for you. And being connected is everything. So network with a tier one internet provider and take your business to the next level of connectivity. Bitco.co.za. Connectivity is everything. 
Are you a search engine? Because you found me. I feel we have a strong connection. Well, you're pretty fly for a Wi-Fi. Should we drop it like a hot spot and head back to yours so we can show Max and snuggle? Let's get giga with it. Uh, but I don't have fiber. Don't get caught in 50 shades of delay. Broadband your horizons and switch to Vox's super fast, super reliable fiber network. Experience the momentum. Connect your world. Visit us at vox.co.za forward slash fiber. Well, welcome back to the show. How's it, Rehat? How's it, Duncan? So, SABC is uh, um, in a spot of bother. We know they've been in a spot of bother for a while, uh, thanks to their previous chief operating officer, Claudie Mutswaneng, and um, previous management at the organization. But I'm quite impressed with the new board of directors. They uh, they seem to be doing the right things. The new CEO is um, making the right noises. Uh, they have announced that they have started to consult with organized labor to uh, reduce, go through a section, I think it's called a section 189 process under the Labor Relations Act. Um, and they're going to be um, investigating retrenchments at the SABC. I, I suppose this is inevitable um, given the, the the difficulty they're facing. I mean, they're, they're struggling to pay creditors. They're sitting on a 3.2 billion rand a year salary bill on mm. a revenue of just over 7 billion rand. Um, they have 4,000 full-time employees, um, which is a huge number for a media organization, even the public yeah. broadcaster. Uh, so I think the man, I think the board of the SABC and its new CEO are, are doing the right things. And it's obviously going to upset a lot of people, including the unions. Mm. Um, and, um, we've, we've seen, uh, political criticism of it as well. But it's it is it is the responsibility of the SABC board to ensure that the organisation is sustainable, and if that means um, they're going to have to shed staff to become more efficient and to turn a profit again, then that's what they need to do. Um, now, I was interested that the SABC um, they announced this, and then at the weekend, I think it was on Friday evening in Polokwane, Ace Mahashule, the um, secretary, a very controversial secretary general of the ANC. Uh, got up on a stage and said, uh, we as the ANC will not permit the SABC to retrench employees. Um, it's a state-owned enterprise. Uh, this has the support of the president. We're not going to allow them to do this. Um, and in all credit to the SABC board, they put out a statement the very next morning slamming Esma Hashule uh, and reminding him that, in fact, um, the political party has no say over um, – has no say whatsoever over the decisions of the SABC board, that the SABC is an independent organization under the Constitution and under the Broadcasting Act, and that the SABC board is empowered to make decisions that they believe are in the right interests of the corporation. So I was really interested in that because of the political aspects. Mm. Um, this is the SABC telling the ANC to back off. Um, this is the same organization that, of course, was um, – Utterly compromised under Claudi Mozuneng, who was doing the president's bidding, the former president's bidding, and uh, now we have a board that feels emboldened enough and um, is is uh, feels it's in a position and has the guts to stand up to the secretary general of the ruling party and say, actually, you are talking out your backside. Bugger off. Um, we are you're not entitled to say what you're saying or attempt to do what you say you want to do. It's interfere in the management and the running of the SABC. So 
I thought, well done, guys. <laughs> uh, this is the sort of stuff we expect to see from the SABC. And funnily yeah. enough, that very morning before the statement came out, I just paid my annual TV license uh, rather grudgingly. And uh, when I saw the statement come out from the SABC, I thought, well, good for you guys. I actually feel mm, better mm. about paying my TV license now. Um, you know, keep this up and, um, you know, maybe you'll get more people to pay the TV license because I think so many people don't pay their TV license because they see the SABC as politically compromised. Um, but, yeah. but by making this sort of uh, statement and, um, and, and standing up like this, um, I, I want to applaud them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mm-hmm. SABC is doing good things. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, under the new management team, uh, they, they're making the right decisions. They're employing good people. They've, um, they, they are starting to be seen to be more credible. Um, I mm. find myself mm. watching SABC News on DSTV now more often than I did in the past. Um, in the past, I would just simply go to ENCA uh, because I didn't trust the SABC. I certainly didn't mm. trust ANN7. I never watched that, that rubbish. But um, you know, I, I, I tended not to watch the SABC because I didn't trust it as, a, as an independent, impartial source. But now I watch it and I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the quality of the journalism that they're putting out. It's, they've still got some way to go, but they're improving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. they're, and they're getting talent in there. Um, they've got Stephen Hrotus on SAFM Breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Um, they've, they've hired, um, um, I've forgotten his name now, a chap on, from Carte Blanche who was also on 702. Bongani Bengwa is on SABC afternoon uh, or early evenings now on, on, the, on the 24-hour news channel. I think he's still on 702, though, isn't he? He is. I don't know how he does it all, actually. Yeah. Um, he must be a, oh, very, a busy man. very busy guy. But, um, but, but yeah, they, they sh- they, they're showing mm. that they, they're starting to turn the corner, and um, it, it, it makes me more inclined to want to pay my TV license, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I find myself starting to listen to uh, to Radio 2000 actually a lot more now, especially in the mornings because of Stephen Krotus. You mean SAFM? Oh, sorry, is it SAFM? It's SAFM. Yeah, he's on SAFM, SAFM yeah. yeah. SAFM, sorry. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the quality has certainly picked up. And But I want to see, I still want to see more from them. I mean, obviously, they you can't do everything in a day. But as a, as you know, there's so much they can do in terms of good broadcasting, not just from the front end, what people consume, but from the back end, you know, the guys producing the content, you know, the state broadcaster in, in every country uh, has such an important duty because it also c- can push boundaries, you know, and um, help churn a lot of these creatives yeah. to become, you know, to give them a platform, which which I think is an important part that uh, people yeah. that consume the content then obviously appreciates and enjoy because the quality is is much better. I also know that they are, um, and I'm not giving away any secrets here because they have they have, <laughs> they have stated this, but they're also looking at developing apps, uh, streaming apps. So um, you'll be able to install at some point in the future an SABC app on your cool, smartphone cool, and watch cool. free-to-air content. Now, if they're smart, nice. they'll say they'll say, okay, you can watch free-to-air content on your phone, but you have to put in your SABC TV license number. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, isn't that what the BBC also does? You know, you just need to. No, it doesn't Make, actually. Oh, it doesn't. Anybody? Oh, you're right. This, the other, you can. Anybody can view. You can. Yeah. You have to. Um, I think you have to. You have to um, enter your email address. You have to register now, which you didn't in the past. I know because I've done this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you have to. You have to click a button saying you are within the UK and are a UK citizen, and you're entitled to watch this, and you have paid your your BBC TV license. Uh, oh, the trust system. Yes. Oh, it's um, such a beautiful thing. But it just works. I don't watch it anymore, but um, yeah. I, I was out of interest. I set it up and uh, it works. Uh, 
but um, there's so much on Netflix. I, I, I honestly don't have time to watch BBC iPlayer. <laughs> yeah, no, we we certainly living in a golden era of content that's available to us. It's it's crazy how much it's impossible it, to keep. There up. is. It's yeah. impossible to keep up. And the SABC, um, you know, I think I think doing an app like this would be a, a um, would be a, a, a fantastic idea for them. Mm. Not only would it mm. drive a TV license revenue, yes. but um, at the moment they're putting all of their soapies and everything. They put everything onto YouTube. Mm. Um, there can't be much benefit in that for them. And they're not. I mean, I, I guess there's benefit now because it's a good platform, um, and I would still keep on using it because it's a good platform going forward. But an app makes sense in so many ways. But the infrastructure required for that, because the back end, the back end is you know, yeah, um, your your content distribution network needs to be spot on. Yeah, um, yeah. But it makes a lot of sense because then they can also negate in many ways the 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 uh, air, aerial reception. Um, so when you have good uh, data or good Wi-Fi available to you. You know, especially in buildings, um, when they switch off, you know, uh, when they switch off the terrestrial signal, yeah. um, it's another good platform, a good, another good avenue for them to get the content out. But I think we mentioned this when Aki was on the podcast a few weeks ago. If you go onto um, YouTube and you look at some of the soapies that the SABC puts on YouTube, um, I forget what they're called, Scheme Psalm. Umzalo, Umzalo, I'm trying to remember yeah, the names. Yeah. I don't watch them, but uh, you go in there and you you look at the number of views per episode, and it's staggering. It's in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands per episode. Um, so there's there's definitely demand for them out there, and uh, people are willing to sure. use the internet to watch them. So if they if they bring out a smartphone app that allows you not only to stream the stuff and maybe to download it as well. Uh, mm. I think it would be hugely, hugely valuable. And they, they're missing out on, on ad revenue. I mean, remember, with, with, with YouTube, they're not making any money on those ads unless they embed, which they don't do in their no. own uh, content. Whereas if they have their own platform, now you can charge local advertisers because they know the numbers. You know, you can see the numbers existing on YouTube, so they know that the audience is out there. Yeah. Um, they can make, they can make, they can, they can become a very profitable business mm. if they are run like a business, if they think like that. Yeah. Yeah. So SABC, I think it's an interesting time to be watching that organization because I have the distinct impression that things are turning around nicely there. Now, they've got obviously got a big challenge ahead of them. Um, retrenchments are, are going to cause them all sorts of drama. Uh, we know the unions are, you know, they're going to, it's, it's going to be messy. But they, they seem to have a capable management team and a capable board. So um, I'm going to be watching what happens at the public broadcaster with a, a great deal of interest over the coming years. Let's hope the management team stays uh, as it is for uh, until this um, turnaround is completed. Yeah. Uh, so the last story on the agenda this week is um, MTN launching Voice over LTE. I was a bit surprised when that uh, when they issued a press release on that this week uh, because it seemed a bit late. Um, Vodacom launched mm -hmm. um, Volti, as it's called, Voice over LTE, back in 2015. Um, but they've just come to market, and I think they're calling it HD Voice or Voice HD, something like that, um, promising high-quality voice calls. Um, now, I, I remember when Vodacom introduced this. I was a customer, a customer of Vodacom back in 2015 when they introduced this, and um, I hated it. Uh, it. It's a little bit of a technical explanation, um, but um, when I was on um, a call, well, when I received a call on Vodacom in the past, my, my reception um, – uh, uh, in my office is not great, so um, it, it, typically it would step down from 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 a 4G signal, which uh, I think Vodacom has deployed. I stand to be corrected, but I think it's deployed it at 2,100 megahertz. Um, it would then step the call down to either 1,800 megahertz or even better to 900 megahertz. 
Um, now, the lower the frequency, the better the signal penetrates through walls and buildings. So if you're quite a distance from the base station, um, 900 megahertz is going to give you a, a stronger signal than 1800 or 2100 megahertz. Mm, mm. Now, the problem was they hadn't deployed 4G at 900 megahertz. So once they switched on voice over LTE, um, the call was no longer switching down to a lower frequency. So it was staying at, I think it was 2100 megahertz for LTE. And so the quality of my voice call deteriorated um, significantly, um, and it, it became a major problem. Um, eventually, I had to um, speak to Vodacom about disabling the Volti profile or the Volti functionality on my on my SIM um, because it was um, it was really problematic from that perspective. And I do wonder if MTN is going to have the same problem. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I haven't played with that technology. Well, I mean, I haven't had the experience. I haven't actually kind of thought thought about the the VoIP side of things. But uh, they've deployed it. Um, it's, they've come to market with it with, with much later than uh, when Vodacom. I'm not sure what the other operators have done. I know Telcom does not support Volti at this stage. Um, but uh, there we go. MTN has brought it to market. Uh, I do wonder if they if they're going to have some teething problems, or um, whether the fact that they're bringing it to market so much later than the competition, uh, their, their main competitor uh, means that they've done all the testing they need to do to ensure that there aren't quality issues associated with frequency bands. But it's it's one worth watching. If you're an MTN customer, let us know. Um, have you um, have you started making calls over voice over LTE, and have you noticed any any issues related to uh, quality um, because of this uh, 071 is our WhatsApp voice note line number. Uh, drop us a voice note and we'll play it back on the show next week. And uh, Richard, I think that's our news this week unless you had anything else you wanted to uh, to touch on. Uh, nothing major. I did see a story about uh, one-click overclocking coming to the new uh, NVIDIA GeForce graphics cards. Um, so you'll be able to push some performance out of it very easily, um, you know, without having to mess too much with the the biases of the VGA card. Interesting. So, would you do this in software on the PC, or is it a hardware button on the? No, it'll be software in a PC. Software I mean, a lot of your a lot of your gaming hardware these days come with. Um, you can still do it in in the BIOS settings on your motherboard, but yep. uh, for, in, in terms of normal overclocking, you get the the apps really do a lot of the work for you, um, and most guys just use that. I mean, I've my my PC's overclocked at about four gigahertz now, four point one. Just by flipping a switch. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, um, those, are those RTXs on sale yet? No. Not yet. No, no, Not no. quite yet. Not quite yet. Um, question is, yeah, so now the question, do you go for your Apple device, your Apple iPhone, or do you go for a graphics card? <laughs> or do you go for the new iPad? I think the RTX is cheaper, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, but you're probably going to want to upgrade your RAM, probably want to upgrade, you know what I'm saying? It's not just one a single purchase. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. So much good stuff out there. So, so little money to buy it all. <laughs> yeah, things are getting tight out there, and the technology especially, is just getting more luring. Especially at fifteen rand to the dollar, it's um, it's yeah. quite painful. It's quite. We painful. are we are going to be losing out a lot with these new technologies. Yeah. But I had a very interesting interesting conversation. If uh, if, if if I've got another two minutes, but um, of course. A very interesting conversation with somebody the other day, and um, he had very close inside information, or he was working to one, um, you know, kind of at the heart with, where, you know, graphics cards, NVIDIA, in ATI, the factories, you know, so he was kind of in there with those guys. And he was telling me about the amount of mining that the graphics cards companies do. Yeah. It's staggering, because oh, yeah. they've obviously got the tech. 
Um, and you can imagine what they can do with their, the, the, their own versions of the cards, um, tweaking them to get that optimal performance, whether it's getting the best versions of the, the, the you know, the, the, the A samples of the cards. Um, so, yeah, there's big money being made, and it's not just um, average Joes, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's the actual manufacturers of the technology that's being used to mine. Interesting. It makes you wonder who's who's behind the cryptocurrency market, uh, <laughs> cryptocurrency invention. The CEO of Nvidia. <laughs> <laughs> he look he looks like he might be a crypto miner. If you heard, if, you, if you, you've seen him in the keynotes with the leather jacket and the uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> looks, oh yeah, he looks like he might fit the the profile. Uh, that's why AMD can't keep up because they don't have that <laughs> inside edge. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to our. Um, Let's move on to our regular features. We don't have a loser this week, but our winner this week is the SABC for the reasons uh, I set out a bit earlier, basically for smacking down the ANC Secretary General Ace Mahashula and telling him that he may not interfere in their yeah. affairs. Well done, guys. Rechard, what's your pick this week? So I've been playing with a phone um, for the last week or two. Uh, it's by no means n- new on the international scene, um, but it's only coming to South Africa actually this weekend, I believe it launched with Incredible Connection, and that's the Razer Gaming Phone. I don't know if you've heard about this one or seen this one. Uh, I've heard about it. I don't know too much about it. So uh, tell tell us more. So uh, it's essentially a gaming phone. Now, Razer is a company that um, makes gaming peripherals, as you know, right? Headphones and uh, keyboards and those type of things. Lots of um, RGB. Lots of RGB and, and some really good good stuff. I mean, they've got a good name within the um, uh, gaming industry. So they've launched uh, late last year, and it's only now launched in South Africa, the Razer phone, which is a 120 hertz screen refresh rate mobile gaming experience, which is pretty damn cool. Um, it's, it's, what I like about it, it's not your traditional smartphone. So this, this obviously wasn't, it's not aimed at the, uh, at the smartphone kind of audience, it's aimed at the gaming audience. Um, which is absolutely fantastic. Now, apart from the 120 hertz, it's got some beautiful speakers on each side, and it's very loud. This is a pretty loud phone. Um, you don't need Bluetooth speakers when you're playing with this one. Um, it's got 64 gigs of RAM, 8, gig, uh, 8 gigabytes of RAM. Sorry, 8 gigabytes of RAM, 64 gigabytes of storage, um, with with upgradable, obviously. Um, but to be honest with you, that screen is just the highlight of this uh, of this gaming experience. Now, unfortunately, it does lack in some departments because it's not really a you know it's it, it's not a, a consumer first device, and that's the, the camera. The camera kind of lets it down. Um, if it if, if if it had a better camera, I would probably use it as my daily phone, or I would want to use it as my daily phone. This would be that oh, that's that other device that that's you know not everybody has, and it's it's a really good alternative Android phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it is running Android 8, um, 8.1, the latest update, which is great. Um, and, uh, yeah, the experience was with it was fantastic. That refresh rate on that screen, even for just, you know, reading stuff and scroll flipping between screens is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, oh, I didn't mention it's got a Snapdragon 835, which is obviously nice. a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice uh, CPU. Um, and yeah, it goes for about fifteen triple nine. I saw the price with incre- at Incredible Connection. Um, if you're a gamer, this is this is something to look at. Um, I, I don't know if it's definitely not a mainstream phone, but it's a really good Android phone as well. Uh, so yeah, the Razer phone now available. Great stuff. I'll go and have a look at that online. 
My pick this week is a website I stumbled across. I think someone posted it on Twitter during the or Twitter. Sorry, posted a link <laughs> to uh, one of the graphics on this website, um, and then I, I had a look proper look at the entire website, and it's really fantastic. It's called ourworldindata.org. Now I, I love um, I love charts. I love maps. Uh, and this website is is you can get lost in it for an hour. Um, pull it up, you. Um, it's got so much, so many different maps and data sets that you can that you can look at, like broadband penetration, mobile penetration, um, HIV rates. Uh, you name it. If it's a, a set of data, it's been put into map form on this website. Um, wow. And you can compare how South Africa looks to to other markets. So it's, I mean, it's got it's got everything you can imagine. Pulled from oh, GDP close. stats, uh, health stats, uh, um, technology—you um, you name it—they've they've pulled they've pulled graphics and they've pulled uh, world maps out of this, so you can see how South Africa compares to any other country in the world on a huge range of metrics. Uh, I just loved websites like this that pull this sort of data together. Uh, it's called ourworldindata.org. Well worth a visit. And I think, Rechot, that's our show. Um, apart from our quiz results and our uh, our song, which is um, which is, an, I've got a nice pick this week. Uh, but before we get to that, let's do our quiz results. The first question: The past week, South Africa played host for the first time to which telecommunications event? And that is the ITU Telecom World. Uh, second question: In which city that that answer to the first question take place? And the answer there is obviously Durban. And uh, Apple this week announced the most expensive iPhone ever. How much in dollars does the iPhone XS Max with 512 gigabytes of storage cost? And the answer is 1,449 US dollars. Cha-ching, or half a car. The fourth question, Microsoft said on Friday it's hiking the RAND pricing of Azure cloud services next month as a result of the fall in the RAND. How much is the ad hoc fees rising by? And the answer is pretty staggering, 23.1%, which uh, is not good. Not good, no. And the last question, who, according to reports, is in the running to take over as chairman of MTN Group from Batuma Ntlako, and that is former Deputy Finance Minister B.C. Jonas. As always, any feedback on the show, the number to use is 071-999-1111. And uh, we're playing out with a, a pick from me this week, and it is a, a song from the uh, album called In Abstentia, all the way back in 2002, uh, by a band that I'm a huge fan of called Porcupine Tree. The song is called Trains. Until next week, cheers. Ciao, ciao.